and welcome to the Talking Outsourcing podcast. My name is Mark Kobayashi-Hillary. In this podcast, I'm talking with Alex Blues, who is a member of PA Consulting's management group. I was talking to Alex at the NASCOM conference in Mumbai, India last month, uh, and we went through a number of points about the industry and some of the comments that he'd made a year earlier when we met in India uh, had all had all come true, and so uh, it was interesting to review some of those comments. So we were blogging and talking last year, and you had some. You sort of predicted the uh, demise of the industry last year, and uh, some of the difficulties that people are facing. Um, that, that they don't seem to be talking about very much, actually. You know, people are talking about it in the corridors, but, yeah. but there's nothing that seems to be on the main stage. Um, you know, what, what do you think about what's going on? I think there's a lot of dancing around the topic at the moment. I mean, we talked last year about acquisitions. Yeah. So I think we've got a half right. Yeah. In terms of the acquisition of Axon, the bit that nobody could predict last year was actually a lot of the acquisitions were going to be captives. Yeah. So. Um, I, don't, I think that is going to start dramatically. I think where we are at the moment is, I want to go back half a step. I expected to come to NASCOM, and I expected to be quite downbeat. Mm. I expected there to be a lot more sort of doom and gloom. I think now I've got really, I think there's two sets of comments. Let's, let's do the doom and gloom first of all. There's been a lot of dancing around the handbags. Mm. And I think in particular, there hasn't been enough attention in any depth about the political stance the country's going to take. Are we actually going to, are, is globalisation going to be slowed up? Are we going to become protectionist? So I think there's been, I don't think there's been enough discussion about that. You mean the source, con- source countries or India itself? Or a country like the US where we're seeing. Obama is talking about Lincoln. I'm, I'm talking um, about what's happening in the Western world. Yeah. Until one's got a clear view, but if we take Obama, what he's doing, that could have a massive impact yeah. on the industry. If we look at what's happening in the UK, as we talked about earlier today, yeah. I, I, I think there needs to be a lot more lobbying about the, 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 the dilemma at the moment about we can, in the UK, use globalisation to actually get out of the problem. Yeah. We've actually used globalisation to grow very rapidly over the last few years, but we need to be upfront about whether we're going to protect jobs or grow the economy. Yeah. I mean, my personal view is there will be a lot of high-level noise about protecting jobs, and it will be just forgotten about, and I think people will continue with globalisation. Mm. I mean, if we look at what's happening in the government space, we've now moved to a situation where... Um, government departments would work through a very large systems integrator knowing that a lot of that work would be done offshore. But because they were letting the contract with a Western company, they see no problem. Mm, So ask no questions. Ask no questions, tell no lies. And and there is a lot more offshore work going on at the moment. You're very aware about what's happening with SBS. TFL, that's all supported offshore. Yeah. I think that we'll see there be some real pain, but I think the UK will directly encourage 
offshore, the use of offshore, and will not necessarily go through the global systems integrators or necessarily through the big Indian pure plays. Um, I think, is it on public record, the chief executive of the NHS is out here? I think yeah. it's public record? Yeah. There, is, there are a lot more people travelling out here. So I think, I, I do not think we will go into protectionist mm. stage. However, I think the, the tier one suppliers are going to really, really struggle. The tier one suppliers talk about outcome, talk about risk, but actually they can't internalize what that means. Yeah. So I think the top three or four will, will struggle. I think they will struggle to be agile enough. And that is accepting that the Satyam situation was a one-off. So let's just cover that for a second. I got something like 15 inquiries in the first three days post the Satyam resignation letter. Um, people, people who are clients of Satyam, people who are using offshore. I think, and hopefully there won't be another one, but already that has been a real wake-up call to clients about risk, about contracts. And it reminds me a little bit of what happened with India and Pakistan when there was that tension in 2000, 2000, yeah, 2000. There was a million soldiers on the border. Absolutely right. So I do think you'll see, I think you will see, I don't think you'll see any less offshore. I do think you'll see a reassessment of India. Yeah. I think people will be taking much more cognizance of the geopolitical risks. So on the doom and gloom side, I think I think there's a double whammy for the big Indian players. Whammy one is can they be agile enough, and and the second whammy is people will be looking elsewhere. So I think people will be looking at the Vietnams of this world. The positive side that I've been very encouraged about over the last three days. If I go back to NASCOM 2003-2004 and you ask Indian companies what was their marketing strategy for the UK and for Europe, the answer was, well, we're CMM level 5 mm. and we're going we're to phone the FTSE 250. Yeah. That was it. Yeah. I have seen a little bit last year, but increasingly this year, organizations that are tier 2 and tier 3, ITC Infotech, uh, L&T Infotech, KPIT Cummings, just to name a few, are sitting down and saying, we are really focused on a service, we are really focused on a sector, so it could be in and around Siebel, mm. it could be in and around the automotive industry, and I'm actually hearing people talk about risk and outcome-based pricing mm and providing some evidence and sustainability to it. Yeah. So, what is going to drive us moving forward is the two C's. It's going to be cost, absolutely, but it's also going to be customer efficiency. And I think the smaller organizations are going to be able to come up with better commercial models. As was mentioned in the Economic Times yesterday, it's not about FTEs anymore, it's about sharing the pain. Yeah and it's about coming up with something different. So I think people 
are going to be much more aware about those commercial models and I think people are going to be looking at customer-centric solutions. So I think the winners out of this are going to be those organisations who don't sit and wait for the client to say, I've got a problem, I would like you to come and bid a solution. I think it's those organisations that have, are going to go to the client and say, we can help you improve customer attention. Yeah. We can help you with that model. And I think that was a real step change for me here. And I think those people will do very well. In fact, the, um, the CEO of L&T said, the best time for us is a recession. Yeah. Because people are prepared to innovate more to get out of recession and actually are prepared to take more risks. Yeah. I mean, something that people like, um, I don't know if you remember TCS, two or three years ago, they opened an innovation lab in Peterborough. Yes. And, and, and the attitude seemed to be exactly what you just said, that their existing clients would just ring them up and say, we've Absolutely. got a problem. They would answer, oh, we have an innovation lab that you can try out, experiment, and, yeah. and see what happens. And, and 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 if you look at it now, it seems uh, remarkably remarkably naive. As I, I agree, but hasn't the whole outsourcing industry been doing this for years and years? Yeah. Haven't we lived in a world of waiting for the phone to ring and answering an RFP? Yeah. Do I mean, another view that I have is I think in many situations the RFP is dead. Long live the RFP. Yeah. If, 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 Clients have got, and we're finding at PA, that clients have got burning issues. They can't afford to go through a traditional process. If somebody comes along with an answer that you can validate, one of PA's roles at the moment is to actually be the honest broker. We've got clients coming to us and saying, we're actually prepared to go single tender because that will save us money, that will give us market penetration. Can you, PA, make sure that the price and the quality is right rather than going down an RFP process. Yeah. So we're seeing a lot more, and you can only do those pursuits if you've got really deep knowledge. Thanks for downloading the Talking Outsourcing podcast. I hope you found that useful. Uh, apologies for the slightly poor sound quality there during the Alex Blues um, interview, but uh, as you could probably tell from, from the, the noise, the background noise in that interview, it was being conducted in the corridors of a very busy conference um, in the Grand Hyatt Hotel in Mumbai. So, um, you know, regardless of the poor sound quality, I think it was certainly worthwhile capturing Alex's thoughts on those topics. Um, for more information about me and my writing, go to markhillary.com, or for more information about the work that I do in computing, go to computing.co.uk. Thanks for listening. <laughs>